Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Anthony Gazenza here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, bringing you happening headlines post-wildcard week and into the divisional round as the Bengals advance, and they are going to be hosted by the Tennessee Titans. And I got to tell you, if you are on Twitter, there has been some entertaining, if you're into the the spaces thing, the new kind of edition that's on Twitter, there's been some interesting, interesting back-and-forths between Bengals fans, some Titans fans, started civil and um, got a little heated at some points. That's okay. So if you're uh, if you're on Twitter, go check that out. Our boy Zim is doing those or spearheading those along with John Sheeran and others. So uh, entertaining stuff, and they go on for a little while, which is kind of cool. Uh, I wanted we're going to get to a lot of different headlines, a lot of different stuff with the Cincinnati Bengals. But speaking, I just said his name, said their names, John Sheeran and Zim. Want to let you know we've got a big week. We've already got the post game show out, so go check that out. Most definitely, we've got the uh, this show, of course, on Wednesday. We are set to be joined by Iggy Woods to talk about his experience as ruler of the jungle. Obviously, the Bengals breaking the curse, breaking that playoff curse, getting the playoff win. That is all. Uh, all, all going to be happening on Wednesday. John Sheeran will be talking about his experience at the game as well. He was there. So we'll be talking about all kinds of different stuff along with previewing the Titans. Speaking of previewing the Titans, we've got another member, Davey Hudson of uh, the Believe the Believe Podcast Network. He is the host of the Believe in Titans podcast. We had his former partner, Denard Walker, former Titans defensive back on the show Um previously and now we've get got the other host joining us which is awesome on thursday so we'll have that as some coverage from the other side of the fence there so to speak and then of course uh we've got a round table we we teased it last week we thought we were going to be able to do it unfortunately ace and zim were not able to join us neither was coach matt minnick so it was just john and i but we're going to do some listener questions in a round table discussion with the crew friday so we've got a loaded loaded week for you on this show and on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. want to remind folks that you can always get this show by subscribing to our YouTube channel. There is an icon at the bottom left of, bottom, I don't know, bottom right, bottom, bottom right of your screen, I guess. You can click that to subscribe to our channel. You can click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And of course, if you like what we're doing, hit a thumbs up for us. 
We appreciate that. We've had uh, thousands and thousands of views of the post-game show. Obviously, Bengals fans are excited. So um, we are excited about that as well. The Bengals broke the curse for sure. And we excited about the weekend. Should be a good match between the Titans and the Bengals. And like I said, we've got a lot of stuff that we're bringing you to, to preview that game. And if you like the audio side of things, if you can't join us live, all that kind of stuff, um, you can subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel where you can get our show, Ace and Zim's Orange is the New Black, as well as Matt Minnick's Coach Speak and Chalk Talk, all part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. And that stuff is on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the biggies. Um, we're on all those platforms. So go check it out. We appreciate all the support. And obviously, it's been a really fun year from a fan standpoint, and it's been a really fun year from a uh, coverage standpoint of the team, you know, pretty excited about directions of things and how, uh, you know, how things have been going for the Bengals, obviously multitasking, <laughs> multitasking a little bit here, but we're going to get to these headlines here. Happy to have all, all of you with us. However, you may be joining us since the jungles, Facebook page, our YouTube channel, etc. So um excited for this week, not only for the game, but for uh, all kinds of different, different stuff. Uh, like I said, Icky Woods and, and all kinds of different shows that we've got going. Pretty psyched about it. All right. Enough shameless self-promotion. We are going to get to the headlines. This is a headline show after all. So we're going to get to it. Let's start off. We're going to start as we usually do. Well, we always start with the Bengals, but we're going to start kind of what transpired, some, some news and headlines from last week, go into what's happening right now, maybe some stuff on the other side of the fence with the Titans and what they're looking at. And then of course we'll go kind of macro with the NFL and get on out of here. We'll try and keep it a manageable time here. First bit of business. Uh, the Bengals, as I mentioned, won a, won a game. They won a playoff game. Can you believe it? And this is on Cincy. I'm going to pin a lot of different articles here for you as well. This is on CincyJungle.com. We're going to go uh, inside and outside of Cincy Jungle for a lot of these articles today, which is pretty cool. Like I've mentioned, a lot of different great outlets out there, including um, all Bengals with James Rapine, Blake Jewell, Lindsey Patterson, Elise Jesse, all kinds of great contributors over there. We've got Bengals Wire headed up by Chris Rowling. Um, and you know, many, many other, obviously the, the Bengals official site and all kinds of different stuff. So we're going to reference a lot of different sites there and we thank them for their great work. And then of course, we're going to be putting up some Cincy jungles, some Cincy jungle, uh, articles for you. So we're going to pin this in the live chats in the, uh, yeah, Rich Simpson asking what's up with our injuries. Definitely going to get there. We are going to get there in just a second. We've got a lot to cover there. So Bengals aren't satisfied with the single playoff win. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have set the tone for this team going forward. And here is the quote after the after the game. And I believe this was the one. Uh, this may have been the one that they did on NBC, the NBC broadcast. It could have been also been part of the post game presser. But it basically said it's a he's kind of echoed the same sentiments. Did Joe Burrow quote? It's a great win for us, the city, and the organization. But we expected this. There's not going to be a big celebration like when we won the division. We took care of business, and it's on to the next round. Uh, Chase told the NFL Network, quote, we ain't accomplished nothing yet. 
we just got the first win. We've got more to go. And obviously those two big, big reasons why the Bengals are here, why they won the game in the postseason, and why they are going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Chase over 100 yards, receiving on a rookie record nine catches. Joe Burrow, an extremely efficient day, over 70% completion percentage, zero turnovers, uh, just under 250 passing yards, two touchdowns but zero turnovers, as I mentioned. So those two are the catalysts as to why the Bengals are where they are at right now. And you got to like that. Good to see a lot of different folks here in the live chat. I'm seeing, uh, did I see someone from from Mexico? Did I see that? Uh, yeah, Jude from Mexico. Hermanos, uh, Juan Antonio Garrido. Good to, good to see you. Thanks for tuning in from Mexico. Like that. Uh, You've got Andrew Seiler, a lot of our, you know, hello from Columbus, Sage, Ohio. Good to see everybody. Good to see all of you in the in the live chats there. Thanks for hopping on here. Now, we've got kind of some, <laughs> I, I don't know if this you want to call this funny. I don't know if you want to facepalm or whatever you want to do on this one. But, uh, look, we all know there were some issues for both teams by the referee in the, in the officiating department for this in this past game, you know, there was the errant whistle on the, on the Tyler Boyd touchdown play. There was the egregious roughing the passer penalty against Derek Carr on the final drive and a number of other penalties in this one where you go, wow. And the Bengals had averaged, I think I had said uh, in one of the articles I put up on Cincy jungle, the Bengals had averaged, I think right around four penalties a game as one of the lowest penalized teams in the league this year. And they they bumped it up to seven this week. Now, some of that was because of their own doing and their own errors, but some of this could be attributed to the kind of wacky day from the officials. And here we go on CincyJungle.com. The refs in this, I believe it's uh, Jerome Boger, I believe, and, and some crews. Now, here's, here's part of the problem in the postseason, too. They bring in people from different crews, and they kind of mishmash. So this crew hadn't really worked together on this. And that's something to definitely think about. So um, that's uh, something to read about here. So look, if you, if you read this here and I'm going to let, let you kind of read a little bit if you're watching. Um, so uh, read this here and you can see what's happening with th this, this crew. Basically the, the crew is not being, uh, not, not handling another playoff game. It would seem at this point. So, obviously, some issues there. The NFL really didn't have much, many comments on this, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's kind of what's done is done uh, at this point for the Bengals and the Raiders at this point. So, is what it is, and uh, the Bengals are moving on here. But I mean, essentially, if you read this here. Uh, you know, you're seeing the roughing the passer, and, if, and this was all according to Adam Schefter. Jerome Bro Boger and the crew, quote, are not expected to officiate again this postseason after their problematic performance Saturday, highlighted by a controversial wish whistle. Okay, well, that's that. Uh, <laughs> and I guess we kind of dust our hands off a little bit and just go, okay, and move forward from there. Now, there are a lot of, you know, what was interesting, if you watch the game last night, Rams and Cardinals, 
two very prominent and potential Hall of Fame players that were former Bengals players were facing off against each other and Andrew Whitworth and A.J. Green. And, uh, you know, A.J. Green, it, kind of an interesting week. A lot of former Bengals players kind of reaching out and doing different things with, with the team. A.J. Green was happy for the Bengals. He texted former teammates about the, the victory over the Raiders, which was kind of a cool move here by, by him. Unfortunately for AJ, you know, his team did not play well and he just still cannot get that elusive playoff win in his great, great career. He had a nice season with the Cardinals, uh, you know, as as kind of an ancillary weapon for them, but a nice bounce back season from for him after not a great one with the Bengals last year. Uh, but, you know, he here's Kelsey Conway saying AJ Green texted Jesse Bates, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins saying congratulations on the win. So. Pretty cool and obviously very classy from a guy who has always exuded class in AJ Green. You got to like that. Um, pin that article in the live chats as well for you. Okay. Uh, here is another interesting and cool article from bangles.com and Jeff Hobson, great guy, old Jeff uh, Hobson running running things over at bangles.com. Uh, the the article here is alum salute Bengals playoff ride and a connector of history. And there's our guy that's set to be joining us tomorrow night, Mr. Ricky Woods, who is the ruler of the jungle. Can't wait to talk about that whole experience with him. And then you see, you know, our another guy who's been on our show a few times, one of our favorites, Tim McGee. Um, quote, I was at the field level and I got to hear the roar on that interception, obviously talking about the Jermaine Pratt interception to end the game. You're talking about chills, goose bumping down your spine, bad knees and all jumping up and down. It's how you want 66,000 to sound. We got to get Tim McGee back on here as well, because he has not been shy about some of the criticisms or concerns about that he has had about the team, but he also has heaped praise when, when they've earned it. So would really, we, you know, like to get his take too. So we hope to get him back on in the near future, but uh, Rodney Holman, Quote, the most underappreciated and underrated player in Bengals history is what is how McGee apparently calls him. Uh, he he got a call at his Louisiana home, it says. So it's just a really cool if, if you want to take a little walk down memory lane a little bit um, and hear about some of the, these Bengals players from the last Super Bowl team and stuff and how how long it has truly, truly been since the Bengals won a playoff game and how much this win meant. Um, really cool article here. I will pin this in the live chat too, um, but really cool on bangles.com. Recommend that you check that out there. Um, seeing a lot of cool names and whatnot on that, on that article. So uh, good, good stuff from bangles.com obviously. And then this is another interesting one from our friends over at uh, all bangles. And this is by Elise Jesse. This is Marvin Lewis reaching out to uh, the Bengals or makes comments about the Bengals in terms of their playoff win uh, and, and everything. Really, really cool article here, and I will pin this as well. Um, it was an exclusive conversation with all Bengals, so really cool. Quote, this is the business where you coach harder to be able to coach longer unless you win that Super Bowl. Everybody falls off that cliff at the end of the year, and it takes a while to recover from it. Um, and then, of course, you know, he talks about his departure after 2018. Quote, you're in it to win. My job with that football team was to get that team to the Super Bowl, and I failed to do that. 
I don't think anyone else was in there. I think Katie and Troy were in their own suite. So he's really, really cool interview here in a chat with Elise Jesse, all Bengals and Marvin Lewis. So uh, talking about, you know, his working with Mike Brown, getting a little peek behind the, the curtain there a little bit. Really, really cool article. And I'm going to pin this in the live chat there so you can go give them some clicks. Really, really cool article in case you have not seen it. Go go check that out. And I know a lot of people are we talking about Mom Lewis, this is Zach Taylor, this is Joe Earl, all that kind of stuff. Well, it, Lewis did give a, you know, a, a peek behind the curtain and working with Mike Brown and how much Mike Brown wants to win and all of that. And of course, some folks are, are kind of f- failing to see the the forest for the trees or whatever that phrase is, which is, look, I mean, Taylor took this team to the next level, obviously, so did Joe Burrow. But Marvin Lewis built a strong foundation for Zach Taylor to continue to build upon. And, you know, Lewis nudged a lot of organizational changes. This team was far more respectable than prior to when Lewis was here. Uh, did not get him over the hump, did not get that playoff win, but got him there seven times. So, uh, you know, I, I I know, and rightfully so, we should be applauding Zach Taylor, Burrow, for this big playoff win. But, uh, you know, Marvin Lewis did a lot of things in his own right. It didn't work out the best at the end there, but um, a lot of rough patches, some uh, some frustrations, a lot of big injuries for big games, all kinds of stuff for Marvin Lewis. But, Uh, You got to give him still a little bit of credit for what he, or a lot of credit really for what he was able to achieve and how he was able to kind of change the course of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. And Zach Taylor has continued to build on that, continued to make, you know, push for organizational changes and it has paid off. It has paid off. So um, anyway, really, really interesting article there. I recommend that you go to all Bengals on that link that I sent you and go check that out. Really cool. Now, Unfortunately, another big issue with the Bengals is the injuries that they accrued this weekend. And, um, you know, Larry Ogunjobi and Trey Hendrickson, and we'll get there. Josh Tupo was nursing an injury. Obviously, the Bengals had some other players on IR that they were hopefully counting on to have at some point this season, but one that nobody's really talking about. And, you know, it's because he seemingly okay is Mike Hilton and Mike Hilton. If you remember, he had to leave the game for a little bit. And that was, you know, at some point, you know, you didn't have Hendrickson, you didn't have Ogunjobi, you didn't have Mike Hilton. I mean, the injuries were just piling up there and Hilton had a pretty solid game you know, guarding Hunter Renfro, who's a, who's a talented wide receiver and, um, you know, a, a good, a good player in his own right. And Hilton, Hilton had a nice day. Hilton had a nice day. And here is the article on cincyjungle.com. Basically it's talking about uh, the fact that he gutted through an injury during the game to help out the team. And this is from Patrick Judas on cincyjungle.com. Uh, and it's via Jeff Hobson of bangles.com yet on the last third down of the game, Renfro couldn't break free from Hilton and man to man. And when he made one last desperate move as Carr, his protection breaking down and looking at his last option, launched it to him, both Renfro and Hilton slipped as the pass fell harmlessly Hilton playing on pretty much one leg after getting nicked earlier, gutted through. So really just kind of continues to speak to the character of 
Mike Hilton, the character of the locker room and the, the free agents from the outside that this team intentionally brought in. And uh, that's, you know, I mean, that's tells you a lot, tells you a lot really about Mike Hilton tells you a lot about uh, the mindset of this team, et cetera. So um, cool article and uh, go check it out on cincyjungle.com or on bangles.com as well. Uh, we're going to get to some other items here and we're going to continue, unfortunately, with some injury news, roster transactions, all of that, because some news hit the wire over the last couple of days. Some of it surprising, some of it not so positive, some of it a little bit positive. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a sec here, but this is one that we knew well, now one piece of this is already a little outdated. Um, activating Xavier Suofilo, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But um, look, uh, the the Bengals unfortunately lost Larry Ogunjobi. I think it's his right foot, um, an injury. He's done for the year. He's been kind of a boomer bust player for the Bengals this year, but when the booms are there, it is big, big plays, and he has definitely earned a big contract whether it's with the Bengals or elsewhere, he's on a one-year deal. Unfortunate that his season ends early, but he has played very well for the Bengals. Um, seven sacks on the year and just, you know, a guy that has really solidified that defensive line after it got battered last year. And unfortunately, the defensive line got battered again this week. Uh, you know, I mentioned Trey Hendrickson being out and all kinds of different stuff. So uh, now Ogunjobi's on IR and the Bengals are going to be scrambling. B.J. Hill is a guy who will be getting more snaps now in the, the rotation, the depth, all of that is going to be tested this week. Thankfully, DJ Reader is still playing well. We'll see what happens with Tyler Shelvin. If he gets more snaps or what happens there, that's all part of the equation. But unfortunately, Larry Ogunjobi is on IR and he will not be playing the rest of the postseason. Kind of figured that was going to not be a great situation when he was carted off the field last week. So um, looked like he was in pain, kind of had a disappointed look on his face as well. Uh, activating Suofilo, sort of, um, because I say sort of, because now on Tuesday and because of the Larry Ogunjobi injury, the Cincinnati Bengals now, and this is on bangles.com and I will pin this as well. Uh, the Bengals made some roster moves on Tuesday. So this is on Bengals.com, and here are the moves. They released Suofilo as of Tuesday afternoon. He started week one, and they activate him, and then they released him. And they released him because they signed defensive tackle Doug Costin to the uh, practice squad, and they're obviously kind of just juggling a lot of different things between the practice squad and their active roster. So Costin is on the practice squad. He's a second-year player out of Miami of Ohio. Um, he was a college free agent of the Jaguars last season, uh, played in 13 career games, 31 tackles, two passes defended, and a fumble recovery. Punter Drew Chrisman and long snapper Colin Holba uh, were released from the practice squad. We know Chrisman has bounced on and off this practice squad roster for a, a while now, Ohio State guy. Um, we don't know if he's going to be the guy to maybe supplant Huber in the next year or two. We'll see. But, uh, you know, he, he keeps bouncing on and off the roster. 
Um, it, obviously they like them, but, uh, you know, punter being the position that it is, maybe they just feel that they can have somewhat easy access to him if they need to call him up or bring him back at some point. But, um, those two are off of the practice squad at this point. So, uh, I don't know. Let me make sure I pin that in here. I don't know that I did. Uh, this is on bangles.com. Like I said, support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Here is, there's that link for you. I, I, you guys, I, I'm giving you all kinds of different. You guys are so antsy on the on the injuries. I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. I promise. I promise. And this is one on CincyJungle.com. We will have a follow up tweet from one of our favorite Cincinnati media members on this. But here is the updates. Uh, an update. This was as of Sunday. So this is a little outdated here. We already know about Larry Ogunjobi, Hendrickson, and uh, Mike Daniels. So it's a little bit mom on Mike Daniels. He had a groin injury. He's seeming like he may not play. Tupo and Hendrickson, who is in con- uh, concussion protocol. Tupo has the uh, the MCL injury that he suffered in the last week of the season. Um, they returned to practice on Tuesday in a limited fashion. So they were both limited, Tupo and Hendrickson. And on top of that, we have a tweet that may, now again, nothing is set in stone. We don't know exactly what's going on yet, but you see here from Mike Petraglia, friend of the show, Zach Taylor says, and this is on Twitter, Zach Taylor says, Trey Hendrickson is quote, progressing in the right direction, unquote, in concussion protocol. And Josh Tupo will be limited today. Both were limited. Um, I saw another report. I, I can't remember. Who, I think it was maybe Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer noting that um, 
maybe it was Ben Baby of ESPN as well. But basically, those two, I, I believe, were limited. But again, Zach Taylor, the big news for Hendrickson, quote, progressing in the right direction. To me, this game becomes a lot more comfortable or a lot more, I don't want to say, I don't want to say comfortable and meaning like, oh, that's a walk in the park. This game seems like it will be a very competitive one. Two pretty evenly matched teams in this one, in my opinion. You don't have Hendrickson and or Tupo and potentially Daniels. If you don't have all of them, that makes this game really tough. If you get some or most or maybe even all of those guys back, that that helps you immensely. So we'll have to see exactly what happens later in the week. The fact that Hendrickson apparently was limited as of Tuesday, as was Tupo, that's that's good news. That's good news, but really we got to see at this point, and a lot of people are asking about injuries. We really have to see what they do tomorrow on Wednesday. And then of course the big day Thursday, you got to see what they're doing on those days to see if they're going to practice, if they're going to end up playing. Usually if they're doing something, uh, that's a good sign and and a good indication that they will be playing. And of course, like I said, those two were seen out on the practice field today, a little bit more on Mike Daniels so far right now. So, um, Let's uh, we'll continue on. Here's Bricktop. Thank you for the super chat, Bricktop. Thanks for the videos. It'd be great to see some X's and O's if you ever get the chance. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit more. Um, I think we're gonna do, especially as we do some more draft prospects and different things like that. We'll and you know year end reviews and stuff. We're a little slammed on interviews and doing different stuff, but we will we will probably be doing a little bit of film review stuff and um you know draft breakdowns prospect breakdowns etc so we'll be doing a little bit more of that especially as the offseason comes potentially obviously as the postseason hopefully continues to progress for the Bengals. appreciate your support appreciate your comment and your super chat there brick top and we uh we're gonna we're doing a couple of different things um i don't want to i got one that's kind of going to be a little bit of a uh, story bio type of thing of different different players. I got that uh, that we're going to be rolling out probably in the off season of different players, and then of course um, we'll be trying to do some of the the film stuff. So um, we'll we'll bring you a little bit of everything. Appreciate it, Bricktop, and thanks for thanks for the super chat there. All right, continuing to roll on, and we are rolling with the Bengals. Now we've looked in the rear view. We're kind of going now into the injury report and all that stuff. We're going to, we're going to continue on here into this week and the Bengals and Titans. I mentioned this is, this is seemingly an evenly matched game and the odds are showing it at this point. And this is on cincyjungle.com from Nathan Begley. I will pin this in the live chat. The Bengals versus Titans opening odds, and what do they have it? This has changed a little bit. I've seen it at three. I've seen it at three and a half, but I've seen it as low as two and a half, I think. Um, But right now, it's at about three or three and a half points, depending on your source, if you are placing a bet, and please gamble responsibly, et cetera. But it's right around a field goal, and that is basically, as we know, the home team usually gets that spread if it's an even if if it's deemed as an even contest. So essentially, if the two teams are deemed pretty even, the home team usually gets about a three point cushion as a favorite. So 
it seems as if this is being viewed as two pretty evenly matched teams in the eyes of, of Vegas and the odds makers. So here's the other thing. Like I mentioned, we were talking about the injuries and all this kind of stuff. I got people trying to make bets with me on this game and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, talk to me towards the end of the week when we know what's going on with Trey Hendrickson a little more firmly, when we know what's going on with Josh Tupo and others, because those are two big guys that need to come and play for the Bengals and be effective Two very, very big losses or gains, depending on if they play or not. So that may fluctuate this line a little bit towards the end of the week as well as obviously who's betting where, um, you know, the line could change there. But right now that is where the line is opened. Continuing and one of the big, big storylines, one of the big, big storylines here for the Tennessee Titans is the potential return of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a force to be reckoned with. And this is on NFL.com. There is a video here. Uh, the, you know, big week ahead is what Mike Vrabel says for Derrick Henry. You see this from Kevin Patra. Big week of practice for Derrick Henry. You can see that here. And, and uh, Anyway. The so you see here it's quote it's going to be a, a big week of practice for us to continue to get Derek back out there get him acclimated to running the football and to seeing schemes and seeing where guys are see where the cuts are is what Mike Vrabel said via the Tennessean um, he had 937 yards 10 touchdowns on 219 carries in eight games last year he did go over 100 yards against the Bengals in their big win over the Titans at home. So that's something to to note. But the Bengals had that game pretty well in hand. So and then, of course, you know, how much do you you just throw Henry? I mean, obviously, you're in do or die mode, both teams. But do you also just throw a a boatload of carries and touches Henry's way? Or do you do you kind of put him on a pitch count right away? Interesting situation for them. Obviously, it just seems as if the Bengals should be preparing to see Derrick Henry, though. Uh, you know, so big gain for Tennessee there at, at if they get Henry back there. So, um, yeah, I mean, Andrew Bam Greer here, if you stop Henry, you win the game. Yeah, I mean, I think even some Tennessee fans that I saw on and heard from on some Twitter spaces here – basically said, you know, we don't want to just rely on Ryan Tannehill. That's what fans are saying that, they, you know, they want to have at least a multi-headed attack and primarily get something out of Derrick Henry there. So Jeremiah Woolsley echoes that sentiment in the Facebook chat as well. Anyway, let's keep going. And we're just going to kind of give you a couple more little random tidbits of info as the Bengals get set to take on the Titans. These aren't necessarily Titan centric or divisional round centric, just some stuff that Bengals fans should know about because they are kind of critical pieces of news. And this is, like I mentioned earlier from Bengals Wire, Chris rolling over a Bengals Wire. The Bengals declare unused 2022 salary cap, salary cap rollover amount. And why is this a thing? Why, why, you know, why does it matter? But it matters because uh, the Bengals project to have the most cap space of any playoff team this year. So when you're talking about a team that has advanced to the divisional round, 
And you're talking about a team who has spent pretty heavily in outside free agency over the last couple of years. Now they have the most cap space of any of the playoff teams. This could be a very nice situation for the Bengals. Now, obviously, Joe Burrow being on a rookie quarterback contract is a big reason why they have a lot of cap space as opposed to, I mean, if you look across the bracket there, I mean, there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks, a lot of guys who are on their second deal. So, you know, or or third, fourth, whatever, depending on which team you're talking about. Uh, But the Bengals are projecting to have the most cap space of any team last year. And they're rolling over money. They're rolling over uh, $5.2 million, which is the eighth highest rollover money. And they love to do that. They love to roll it over since the new CBA allows them to do that. Uh, they love to roll over money year to year. Um, and they have the, you know, the 20, you see $25.8 million for the Jaguars. I don't know what they're going to be doing there. We'll see what happens. But the number it added to the team's current projected cap space and Spotrack has already accounted for that rollover number. The Bengals are looking at a projected 58 million in free cap space. The cap is projected to jump back up this year. So that's something to, to think about there, but uh, really, really good situation for the Bengals. I want to highlight this one over here too. Just a fun story. You can see where my mouse is circling here. Jesse Bates did text Geno Atkins about rejoining the Bengals for a playoff run. I don't, I don't know that he got an answer on that. I don't think the Bengals are exploring that option. Not sure exactly how open Geno Atkins would be to that. Um, you know, I mean, Taylor and, and company kind of shed or allowed a lot of veteran Bengals that were Marvin Lewis guys to walk. Very few of Marvin Lewis guys remain. Bates is one of them. But uh, he texted, Bates texted Geno Atkins about rejoining the Bengals for a playoff run in the wake of those injuries. Not sure that anything's coming coming to that. Um, We last heard that Atkins was kind of getting healthy and doing all kinds of different stuff and working out. Actually, I think he had a workout with the Cowboys at one point. And so now... He's going to, um, I don't know if he's going to weigh the options. I don't know if there's even an offer out there from the Bengals, but we'll see what happens. Kind of an interesting, funny little tidbit story. I want to highlight this too, because like I said, we're set to have Icky Woods on the show tomorrow. And one of the things, aside from talking about his experience as ruler of the jungle and all that kind of stuff, we want to highlight the charity that he started in the memory of his son, Javante Woods. So the Javante Woods foundation. And one of the things that I want to kind of, you know, if, and when Icky comes on the show tomorrow, I want to really try and do a rally cry for our listeners. Like what we did with the ring of honor inductees, Ken Riley, the second Ken Anderson, Anthony Munoz. And we raised thousands of dollars for those respective charities. I want to, I want to try and make a bit pretty big impact for the Javante Woods foundation you know so you know if you want to do super chats we'll donate all the super chats that we get from youtube to the javante woods foundation if you want to donate directly if you want to however you want to do it you know um maybe you donate 30 bucks for icky woods jersey number maybe 31 for his other jersey number or the curse that was broken 31 bucks whatever the case may be i'd like to have an impact especially since he's taken the time to come out uh, come on our show here so um just kind of want to put that rally cry out there but in that vein, I, I did put out this uh, just kind of a reminder to show everybody what the Bengals 
past and present are doing in the community. You can find some of this information on bangles.com, but I've kind of compiled a lot of different stuff. And, you know, I, I actually, what was cool is, you know, I, I put together some of the, uh, the interviews we've caught up with on, uh, with some of these players, BC former Bengals charities, Ken Anderson Alliance, Munoz Foundation, Ken Riley Foundation, uh, Boomer Esiason, Javante Woods from a previous uh, previous interview with with Vicky Woods, uh, Jahani Jones in our interview there. So go check that out. You can kind of check out some of our interviews that we've done with with these players uh, dating back to a couple of years ago or what have you. Um, and then of course you know Sam Hubbard and and other recent involvements and stuff. So. Uh, go check that out, Devin and Leah Still. If you remember that interview, that was really fun talking to them. So go check that out. See what the Bengals are doing in the community. They're doing a lot of impactful stuff. And obviously, those charities are always in need of support. We try and support those on our show. And, of course, we try and let fans know about what they're doing. And uh, if you can support them, please do. That would be That would be cool. That being said, we've got a lot of Bengals stuff out of the way. We got 40 minutes of Bengals stuff. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to continue on here with the AFC North and then the rest of the NFL and bounce out of here. Thanks for being with us today. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. It's a little earlier for me on the West coast here than some of you in various other parts. And you can see on the video, I'm getting all kinds of weird sun rays on, on me through this room that I usually do my uh my podcasting through so apologize if it looks a little weird but it's just the time of the day time of the day at any rate let's talk about the pittsburgh steelers they were bounced out of the playoffs made a game of it at the beginning especially because of the defensive efforts but ended up getting trounced pretty pretty heavily by the chiefs and their season is done it by all indications it looks like ben roethlisberger is done with at least the Steelers, if not his entire career. That seems to be the narrative out there. So here is a complete list of the 2022 Steelers free agents. And this is from our counterparts in the SB Nation network. Behind the steel curtain. Complete list of 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers free agents. Good uh, compilation here. And this is by Jeff Hartman. Uh, obviously, you know, they're looking at unrestricted, restricted, exclusive rights. So unrestricted free agents, two quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger and Josh Dobbs. Look at the wide receivers, two guys that, you know, have made some plays for them in recent years, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and a guy that Mike Tomlin seems to like a lot, and Ray-Ray McLeod. So three wide receivers there, really interested to see what happens with Juju Smith-Schuster. Came back for that playoff playoff game and uh, he actually said you know they're going to try and get ben to get out of retirement if that's i don't know if that's real or not but we'll see tight end eric ebron running back kalen balage trey turner uh akora for bj finney finney of course was part of the trade for carlos dunlap that he was on the Bengals roster last year never played defensive line montrevious adams uh, outside linebacker Taco Charlton, former first-round pick. Cornerbacks, Joe Hayden, Akello Witherspoon, and Arthur Mollett. Safeties, Terrell Edmonds and Miles Killebrew. So those are your unrestricted free agents 
really some really interesting names and some guys that have been on this team. When you talk about Smith Schuster, Washington, Ebron, of course, Big Ben, um, you know, that have been on this team for a little while. And then you've got Trey Turner in there. So interesting. Restricted free agents, Dwayne Haskins, Marcus Allen, Robert Spillane, not that Marcus Allen, a different one. Exclusive rights, free agents, J.C. Hassenauer, Demarcus Christmas, and Demarcus A.C. So a lot of quarterback turnover on this on this team here. Some people are, you know, getting the vibe that it's going to be Mason Rudolph's show. We'll see, but I think I think Pittsburgh's probably going to draft a quarterback at least this year. You would think based on everything going on there. But that is a look at their free agents. You can go to that list in case. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You didn't catch some or you want some more information on that, go to Behind the Steel Curtain on that. And speaking of them... Drafting a quarterback, the Steelers, that is, there is a mock draft wherein they take a quarterback. And this is also on Behind the Steel Curtain. Obviously preparing for the future and preparing for life without Ben Roethlisberger. This is from Dave Schofield on Behind the the Steel Curtain. And this is a mock draft from CBS Sports. Um, spoiler alert, we're going to, we're going to show you that in just a little bit, but at 20, they have the, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Malik Willis out of Liberty, really athletic, fun player. Um, and then it talks about, you know, being, he's one of the most challenging quarterback evaluations, physically gifted quarterback in the draft. Um, and then you talk about, you know, ball security standpoint and all kinds of different stuff, but really, really exciting player. And that could be where the Steelers go next in terms of drafting a quarterback. We will see, but that is on behind the steel curtain as well. And we'll get to that mock draft from CBS sports in just a little bit. We haven't, it's, it's been such a pleasure not doing mock drafts, not doing prospect evaluations because we've been so wrapped up in postseason coverage for the Bengals. Usually at this point, we're doing mock draft machines and potential free agent spotlights and all kinds of different things. And we're not doing any of that. We're not doing that until the season is over and it ain't over. It ain't over. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. And this is on clevelandbrowns.com. In case you did not hear about some of the accolades that some of their players received, Miles Garrett and Joel Batonio got first team all pro designations. Wyatt Teller was also recognized. So not too surprising there. The, the offensive line is one of the strengths of the Cleveland Browns. And then Miles Garrett is just a, a, just a total beast. So all of those that uh, all of those got all pro honors. Teller was the second team and obviously Garrett and Batonio got first team. Garrett had the, the Browns single season sack record with 16 sacks. Um, and that was only third best this season. So Garrett, uh, Good for him. Really great player. And uh, that's in case you didn't hear, the Browns got a few all pro designations. Now, an interesting article here on Dogs by Nature. 
the other SB Nation Brown site. And this is kind of a look at some tough decisions for players heading to free agency. Some lofty expectations for the Browns this season. Injuries and other situations did not allow them to meet those expectations or exceed those expectations. But they've got a lot of tough decisions to make. And this is from Thomas Moore here. And here are some, you know, you've got the unrestricted free agents. You've got other, uh, you got an advertisement there. Um, unrestricted free agents. Look at this. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, Dustin Colquitt, Ronnie Harrison, Chris Hubbard, Rashard Higgins, Malik Jackson. Um, and I believe Malik Jackson just got himself into some legal hot water here. And if, if I remember correctly, I'd have to, I have to go see if that's the right, the right guy, but there was a, someone did not, uh, gotten some, some uh, problems there, but anyway, Tack McKinley, David Njoku, Malcolm Smith, MJ Stewart, Anthony Walker. So, I mean, when you look at Malcolm Smith, former Super Bowl MVP, David Njoku, Tack McKinley, David Njoku has like been borderline not on this team for like two years. Uh, Tack McKinley, Rashard Higgins, a guy that has helped them out at wide receiver here and there. Chris Hubbard, uh, and then of course Clowney being the biggie. They've got some big, they've got some big questions. And then of course, you know, you've got some other, still some lingering questions about Baker Mayfield. They seem to have belief in him that after this surgery, he's gonna he's gonna be back to you know a very good quarterback in their eyes and or continue to grow. But uh, he had a really really subpar year. Was really banged up. But, uh, you know, a lot of questions remain about Baker Mayfield, particularly as they're getting to the point of, do we extend him with a big contract? Do we not? What do we do here? So some big decisions for both the Steelers and the Browns this offseason in terms of free agency and some of the players they got. Now, here on to the Ravens. Kavon Seymour, this is on ravens.com. He re-signed with the Ravens, and he played a lot more defensive snaps down the stretch in the wake of injuries. He appeared in nine games, finished with 25 tackles. Uh, He had a sack of Big Ben. He's 28 years old and uh, was on the practice squad, but then got elevated later in the year because of the injury. So a guy they like, uh, he was a six-round pick by the Bills, um, traded to Carolina, went to the Eagles, and then um, signed with Baltimore. So he's bounced around a little bit. But Baltimore seems to like him, and at least they want to shore up some depth on that secondary after so many injuries there. So he is re-signing with the Ravens. And some bad news for Baltimore, and this is on the Baltimore Beatdown site, SB Nation. The Ravens are unlikely to get a third-round compensatory pick for pass rusher Matthew Judon. Uh, Judon went to the Patriots and they are not likely to get a compensatory pick there. Um, So we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but uh, Patriots had a good defense this year. That's for sure. But anyway, not great news for the Ravens. If you are a Ravens fan, that's not great news. All right, let's keep it going here. There is a, a number of different NFL uh, stories that I want to get to, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you a little bit here. There's gonna be an image that pops up here. I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to feel out if this is a hoax, if this is a joke. I can't. I can't really. 
understand it. Apparently, Ryan Fitzpatrick was at the Bills game. Is that really Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is that a Ryan Fitzpatrick lookalike? I can't tell. Um, he was apparently in Buffalo, rocking shirtless, cheering on the Bills, a team he played for for a while, and hanging out with fans. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's actually him. Sure as hell looks like him. Um, it might be a joke. I, I, I've seen like pictures that didn't look like him. I've seen pictures that say it is him. And this is from NFL on CBS. Um, so he's going shirtless. If that is him hanging out with Buffalo fans, rooting on the bills in really cold weather. Um, I, I don't, I, maybe that's fake. I don't know. Maybe it's just a look like, but, uh, that's funny. <laughs> That's just, that's just funny. Uh, yeah, I see Andrew Bam Greer saying, yeah, that's him. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, kind of just funny deal. That dude is never short of being a headline. He's, he's a funny guy, obviously former Bengals quarterback as well. Came in relief in 2008 when Palmer was injured, former Rams quarterback, all that stuff. Um, this is an interesting cat. Interesting cat. Here is uh, some news for the Raiders, and it comes right after the Bengals beat them. They fire general manager Mike Mayock after three seasons. So when you when you look at this season for the Raiders, you can you can. As I said in the post-game show, you can say, you know, it's really kind of a miracle based on everything they went through that they made it as far as they made it and that they put up the fight that they put up against the Bengals. Truly. Um, You talk about the John Gruden thing. You talk about the Henry Ruggs thing. You talk about the Damon Arnett thing. All kinds of different stuff. And... So with, with Gruden being gone and then, you know, all of that, you kind of felt like unless the Raiders made a big, crazy postseason run, um, that Mayock may be next on the chopping block as well. I hate to say that seems like a, a, a good guy, but I think between the Gruden thing and that, that, that they were attached at the hip. And then, of course, you kind of say, well, your, your general manager and your coach were responsible for bringing in some of these guys that made this year difficult. Um, and so it just kind of fell, fell back on him. So I'm interested to see what Mayock's career, the path that goes next. I don't know if he's going to get another look at a, at a front office job. I don't know if he's going to go back and being a draft analyst. He was very, very entertaining as a draft analyst and very smart. Um, I don't know if that's where he's going to end up, but, uh, Obviously, Daniel Jeremiah has kind of stepped into that role since Mayock left NFL Network. We'll see what happens there, but he is no longer the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's that. If you saw the game, the game last night, the Cardinals got kind of boat raced. um, And they are not pleased with the result. Kyle Murray following Cardinals loss, disappointing. We could not even make it competitive with some of the quotes. He and J.J. Uh, Watt were very displeased about how that how that night played out. He 
Murray posted a 40.9 passer rating in the 34-11 wildcard loss. Ugh. Quote, it's disappointing that we didn't make it a game and come out and play the football we know we're capable of playing. That's really the most disappointing part is what Murray said. Um, I put a lot on my shoulders, put a lot on myself. And then uh, J.J. Watt characterized the outing as, quote, embarrassing. It was a massive fail- failure from what we were capable of doing to what we showed we can do to today. Watt said Monday night, there's no other way to describe it. And on top of that, there's some interesting, I don't have the stats in front of me, but apparently the Cardinals the last two seasons got off to really, really hot starts and really stumbled down the stretch, really stumbled down the stretch, calling into question Cliff Kingsbury and others as to why this team is stumbling so much down the stretch. But um, yeah, I see Brandon Hudayer saying that sucks for AJ. Would have loved to see him get a playoff win for sure, for sure. But they got they got just boat raced out of the thing. So we're gonna we're gonna keep going on here. We've got just a couple more before we hop out of here. This is also on NFL.com. Jeffrey Chidia um, talking about it's called like the first read divisional round. Biggest immediate question for advancing and eliminated playoff teams. Really entertaining article here. I thought this was really cool and creative. And I won't go through all of it. I do. I did pin the link there. So I hope that you all go and read every, every part of this, but for the Titans, what kind of impact will Derrick Henry have if he makes his anticipated return from injury? So there's a whole bunch of different options there. Deontay Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard played in Henry's absence. Um, You know, they got back AJ Brown and Julio Jones who were both injured. So, you know, that's, that's the big question for the Titans. And there's a, a long kind of paragraph about that. I recommend you read that. And then of course, for the Bengals, can the Bengals offense carry the team to an upset? And, you know, they're talking about the injuries to Ogunjobi, Hendrickson, et cetera. And then he's quoting Davis Mills, who had a big, big performance against the Titans in the finale, throwing for 301 and three touchdowns. Um, but Tennessee ended up winning 28, 25. So at any rate, Cool article. I recommend you give it a read. Check out that link in the live chats that I provided for you. Good article from Jeffrey Chidea. I mentioned this earlier. We were going to do the CBS Sports mock draft. So we'll just quickly take a look at this. A different kind of option for the Bengals in this one. I I showed you that uh, they have the Steelers taking the Liberty quarterback there, Malik Willis. This is... I'm not really buying that. I think this guy right here, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Oregon edge player, he should be the top defensive end. I know Aiden Hutchinson has had a great season and really improved, but Thibodeau, he is a just a different breed there. He's a, he's a good, good player. So anyway, this may be one of those drafts because not a lot of people are super fond of the quarterbacks in it where you see some of these different positions going earlier. Defensive end, edge players, safety, going third overall to the Texans. Interesting. Uh, And you see all this stuff. So as we know, and we've done this, and by the way, it's great to see the Bengals keep dropping in this number in terms of the pick of where they're picking. We'll go back up here real quick because it too. You got N'Kobe Dean going to the Browns, the big Georgia linebacker, really athletic, good player. That would be an interesting pick for them. And David Ojabo, a linebacker for the Ravens going at pick 14, a pick later, that would be interesting, but for the Bengals, 
we've seen offensive linemen. We've seen different players. I, I think someone put a tight end in here one time and maybe a safety early in the season. Now, because of the injuries and the free agency, you've got Mike Daniels, you've got Larry Ogunjobi, and you've got B.J. Hill all on short-term deals. So at 25, they have the Bengals going with a big interior defensive lineman in Jordan Davis of Georgia. And the quote here is, since he could certainly use Davis as it heads to the divisional round, the Bengals suffered some injuries in their wild card win over the Raiders. But even at full health, there isn't much depth behind DJ Reader, especially with Larry Ogunjobi and BJ Hill set to hit free agency. And Ogunjobi and BJ Hill, with the great years that they have had for the Bengals, they may get good paydays, whether it's from or not from the Bengals. So there you go at pick 25, where the Bengals currently uh, sit. They've got Jordan Davis, an interior defensive line from Georgia, lineman from Georgia, going to the Bengals. Interesting pick there. And then, of course, we got to end it with John Breach of CBS Sports, of course, the son of Bengals' great kicker, Jim Breach. He does these great, great picks, and he's usually pretty accurate with them, especially with how he's picked the Bengals this year. And what do you think he's got in store for us? Do you think he's picking the Bengals? Do you think he's picking the Titans? He says, this is definitely my favorite game of the week, and that's mainly because I'm going to be there. So if any fans listening to this show um, are going down there, check, go go look for John Breach there. He'll be out there watching the game and probably rooting on the Bengals. He seems to kind of have a soft spot for the Bengals, rightfully so, because of his dad being a kicker there for a long time, and I think growing up. This is the picture, by the way. Uh, this is where I got that one. So I apparently that's – I don't know. So – He's talking about kind of goofing around at the game and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Talking about Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry, Trey Hendrickson coming back, etc. Of course, the upside for the Bengals is that Henry hasn't played a game for two and a half months, although he's been working on even practicing over the past week. It's not easy to get back into game shape. So Bengals not may not see a truly 100% Henry. If Henry runs wild, that doesn't necessarily mean the Titans are going to win, and that's because the Bengals have one thing that can keep them in nearly any game, a high-powered offense. The Bengals have never won a road playoff game. That one That's one of those things where you hear and you go, yeah, I, I, it's like I knew that, but I forgot that that's the case. Um, they are 0-7 in road playoff games in franchise history. He has them breaking yet another dubious curse picking the Bengals 27-24 over the Titans. He has his record of picking the Bengals games this season, 13-5 and straight up, 9-7-2 against the spread. So there you go. John Breach picking the Bengals to beat the Titans this week from his lips to the big man's ears upstairs, I guess. So we'll hopefully have them figure it out. Want to let you know, in case you are wondering, had some questions about, you know, some of the music we play and all that kind of stuff. The intro and outro you're about to hear is uh, a few months ago, we had Bengals fan and local Ohio musician Ian Ryder on the show. Um, he is the singer and guitarist for Holy Coast Band, and you can find their stuff on the Band Camp, camp platform 
Holy Coast Band. Go check it out. Support them. They've got an EP out there with with a handful of songs. Really, really good, good stuff. And we are pleased to be able to use his song as one of our intros to this specific show. We made it for this specific show because he came on this show a few months ago. So we appreciate that. Go support him how you can. Excited to have Icky Woods join us tomorrow. Excited to talk to the Believe in Titans podcast host, as well as having the Cincy Jungle Roundtable and Listener Questions live episode on Friday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Keep it to Cincy Jungle for all your news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Keep it to our YouTube channel and, of course, the Cincy Jungle podcast channel for all kinds of material we'll be putting out this week. Thanks. We will talk to you soon. (laughs) 